Hyperfixation Nation, the podcast with your host, Blake. In this episode of Hyperfixation Nation, the podcast, we will discuss Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the side quests and adventures, the ones related to stables, and exploring the dead. This episode will be a continuation of episode two because there's so much to say about this video game. In addition to talking about some of the aspects of Zelda, I will be explaining what it was like for me while I am in this hyperfixation. Quick overview of the information being talked about in this episode. I'll talk about the stable quests, the one involving Zelda and the newspaper. They're called potential princess sightings. Next, I will let you know some tips and tricks about exploring the depth. There will be a few spoilers, but I'll say the quest I'm covering beforehand, so if you do not want to hear that quest, you can skip ahead. I have beat the game, meaning completed the main quest all the way, and fought the Demon King, so some of the mini battles inside the quests and exploring the depths was slightly easier for me, but I did restart the game in a new account on my Nintendo Switch, so I am remembering what it was like back in that time. what it was like for me. I wanted to explain a bit about my journey through this hyperfixation because while this podcast will be me talking about all of my hyperfixations, it is also important to talk about the experience behind where I got all of this knowledge. First thing I wanted to cover, the ups and downs of interest when it came to Zelda. So when I first started, it was extreme, like, oh my god, I must play this all the time. And then something came up or I was too tired or someone else was playing and so then interest went down and then I'll be like, oh, I should play Zelda. And then it would spike again. I also restarted the game because I beat the game in one of my accounts and I was bored out of my mind because while you can finish the quest, it just wasn't the same because I had so many hearts and it just wasn't as exciting. There wasn't the thrill of it. So I have restarted and done the beginning and I'm getting the towers and all of that and it's really fun because it had been a long time since I hadn't had all of this stuff for me. I also would watch my dad play versus me actually playing because sometimes I just didn't have the mental energy to play and so watching my dad play I would get the I call it happy chemicals like the serotonin dopamine from Zelda but I wouldn't have to do the work of fighting the bad guys in it or doing all of that and that was a good way for me to get the good feeling I get from playing Zelda when I wasn't feeling as great. And then I would also research quests ahead of time. Like if I ever saw my dad with a set of armor or a weapon or something, I'm like, how did you get that? And I would research it and be like, oh my God, I need to go to this place to start the quest. Like I need to do this. And it was good because say when somebody else was playing something, like my sister was playing Mario Kart or something like that, I could still do things related to my hyperfixation and get the good feeling from it. But yeah, that, that was a quick summary of my experience. I'm pretty sure this one's gonna last a pretty long time considering I can restart it as many times as I want. But yeah, that was that's that was my experience. So now we're getting on to the side adventures. overview of the segment before I get into it. I'll be talking about the newspaper quests that you get from visiting the Lucky Clover Gazette house on the way to the Rito village in the Hebra region. I will also talk about some of the prizes you get from it and where to find these stables. First, the Snowfield Stable. This quest is called Zelda's Golden Horse and you need to go north towards an ice gliok. 
Ice Gleoks are really hard to fight. I mean, Gleoks in general are, but these freeze you. So unless you are up for a really big fight, don't fight it. Just walk around, give it a really wide berth. And you'll see a glowing golden horse and you'll need to be quiet and catch it. You will need to take some soothing, so make sure you are prepared to press that button over and over and over again. Make sure that you are super duper quiet because you don't want to scare it so it runs closer to the Gleok because then you may be trying to catch a horse and run away from a Gleok at the same time, which would not be fun. After it's caught, you want to ride back to the stable and the quest will be done. You get to keep the horse, which is really fun. And she's really, really pretty and you can do her mane and it's just, it's really good. The Gerudo Canyon Stable is the next one. This quest is called the Blocked Well. This one was really quick and easy. You just have to clear the well next to the stable with a jump slice with a hammer to clear the rocks or a bomb flower and then defeat the monsters in it. They weren't super difficult to defeat, but I mean, I did do it later in the game, so it's a little different. And then there's the Highland Stable. This quest is called an Eerie Voice. This one scares Pen and it scared me a little bit at the beginning because I was like, oh no, why is he so scared? But there isn't any monster to fight. It's just a little problem solving, I guess. You just have to wait until night and then go with Pen to the field where the voice is. You'll, it'll lead you to a well and you jump in and everything will be good once you talk to the person. Next we have For Our Princess, which is at the Foothill Stable. This one was really fun and funny because you have to defeat a cave of monsters in just your underwear. I did not find it very difficult, but again, I did this one later in the game, so I had a decent amount of heart containers. But I just thought this one was hilarious because the whole thing was a giant misunderstanding and there were a whole bunch of characters just going around in their underwear because they thought um, Princess Zelda said so. And so that was really funny. <laughs> Next, we have the beckoning woman at the outskirts stable. This one, there's a woman calling out for blonde guys that Penn tells you about and you have to follow her from place to place. There's some climbing involved, so you wanna have some stamina, but you can also find ways around it, like blasting yourself into the sky from a tower and gliding, things like that. She does turn into a Yiga because she had to like make sure you were the one, like make sure you were Link and not some random blonde dude. <laughs> but she does transform, so you have to defeat her. And the biggest thing for defeating the Yiga is looking for the reddish-orange glow for where they're teleporting to and then being there to hit them. If you have a decent weapon, it does not take very many hits to defeat them. They are not super defensive, they just move around a lot. But that one's, that's it for this one. Then we have the Tabitha Bridge Stable. This quest is the White Goats Gone Missing. This quest talks about the goats that were fed a meal that Zelda invented and then they ran away. This one's kind of funny because it was like you decided to feed your goats whole pine cones and they didn't like it. Like, I mean, what? Why would you? The princess did tell you to, but like still. Anyways, to find them, you want to look for a trail of Hylian pine cones. And I used my ultra hand ability to make the pine cones glow because in the tall grass, it's hard to see them. But yeah, I just picked it up. I got a whole bunch of pine cones, which was pretty nice. Yeah, but then once you get to the goats, a uh, cutscene will trigger and Pen will take care of the rest and there'll be an explanation for everything. Like most of these are a misunderstanding of some sort or a Yiga, like that's the general idea between all of these. But next we have the Dueling Peaks stable and this one is Princess Zelda kidnapped? <gasps> Question mark, exclamation mark. Pen is more difficult to find in this one because he's all the way at the top of the stable on top of the nose of the horse or dragon thingy. So after speaking to him, you'll hear that the Yiga have kidnapped Zelda. So if you go to the south peak of the twin dueling peaks, you'll see a crater where Zelda trapped in a cage. And once you get close, she will transform into the Yiga clan. It'll be like, haha, you fell for my trap. Then you fight the Yiga and you've completed the quest. All good. 
That one, it was a little annoying because it was like, seriously, Yuga, you feel so proud of yourself, yet I'm just going to defeat you. I was like, um, wahaha, I have power. <laughs> and then we have the wetland stable, the missing farm tools, this one. I really liked it because you got to go sailing down a river, but you were to, you will be directed by Penn to talk to someone on the dock near this table. And after doing this, you will sail them down an island with a flower bed. And if you try to go forward, the person there will be like, excuse me, do not step on the flowers. Like what? You are not allowed to do that. They are my special flowers. <laughs> and everything will be all solved. But then next is the Riverside Stable. This one's called Gourmets Gone Missing. You do have to do a little cooking. So I enjoy them because I like the ones where you get to do fun stuff and it's not just, you know, fighting the Yiga. But you talk to Penn and he asks you to talk to someone else. This person is worried because a team of cooks hasn't arrived yet. If you follow the path in the direction she points you, you will soon see a little camp of people. Interact with them and figure out that they're feeling really, really sick. And they will hint to it, like strongly hint to it. It's pretty easy to figure out what you need to do. You need raw meat and rice. Both can be found near the site. But if you don't have any raw meat, you can either buy or if you find a fox, you can like go hunting, I guess. But yeah, once you cook this meal they'll be and give it to them, they'll be like, oh my god, thank you, lovely. And all will be good because you'll make them feel better. And then the South Akala stable, all cooking cuckoo or cuckoo. I don't know. I think it's fun to say cuckoo because this quest is cuckoo. Um, you have to do a series of mini challenges like gathering logs or paragliding to this place from a talking chicken-like thing. They're called cuckoos. Apparently, this chicken has been giving prophecies to everyone. And once you do these quests, it turns into Yiga Clan peeps. But after you defeat the three of them, the quest has finished. And, you know, just back to the tip of being where the reddish-orangish glow is and hitting them because as soon as you hit them once, they fall to the ground and they don't teleport away right away, which is really nice. And then we have the new serene staple. The Beast and the Princess is this quest. For this one, I found it accidentally, actually. There was a piece of forest near the staple with these beasts a roly-poly, but, like, giant and with legs. I don't really know why, but that's what they remind me of. And they eat luminous stones and poop out gems, essentially. And once you talk to the person next to a little structure, Pen comes flying in is like, oh, whoa, cool. And you get the prize for completing the quest. And then lastly, the Woodland Stable, Serenade to a Great Fairy. This is the beginning of the four great fairy quests, and you have to help Maestro and his violin player get to the Great Fairy Bud, which is a colorful glowing bud with purple steam coming out of it near the stable. You have to get them on their wagon, and you need enough pony points to get a towing harness. It's not very many. It's like two or three or something like that. So don't worry that much about it. But, you know, visit a couple stables, and you'll be good. And they are extremely dramatic for this one. They're like, oh, it tilted ever so slightly. We're gonna die. So, you know, go slow, and don't go too steep, or they'll be very like, oh, but yeah, this quest gave me a decent amount of money and the froggy armor, which is no slip, which is really good. It is extremely worth it to do this quest. So definitely complete the potential princess sighting side adventure and all the side adventures inside of it. Now, segment four, exploring the gloom covered depths, tips and tricks to doing it. So, couple things, bargainer statues and pose. Collect pose, they're little glowing spirits that need to be returned to the afterlife or something. And if you visit two bargainer statues, you can trade in pose for gloom resistant clothes. So instead of cracking one of your hearts, it cracks the clothes heart first, which is really nice. The miner's outfit, which is spots marked on an old map that you can find in the sky. 
Essentially, it's just chests with glowing clothes in them, which is really nice. Bright bloom seeds, oh my god, you need bright bloom seeds. Cause there are these things called light roots where they heal your gloom broken hearts and they light up an area, but on the journey to finding another light root or getting there, you don't wanna be completely in the dark because then you could just fall off a cliff or something. So you wanna make sure to have plenty of bright blooms. And sundalions are extremely important. Cook them into dishes so that you can refuel, refuel gloom covered hearts because gloom wreathed monsters deal not just regular damage, but they also break your hearts. And so if you were in a fight and you lost most of your hearts to gloom, you can't, you could, but you don't really want to risk it for getting to the next light route, which will heal them. So make sure you have those. Zonai devices are extremely helpful. There's these little places spread all over and they make it so you can go across the gloom without losing hearts and you can just ride though they can't go up, which is kind of annoying. So I just use a hot air balloon, blast myself in the sky, and then paraglide to another place. Speaking of paragliding, climbing trees and paraglide do this because then you can skip over giant patches of gloom and get places faster, especially if you've gotten Tulin who helps with his magic -y power. And every shrine has a light root directly beneath it, so you can use this to find light roots if you've gotten a shrine in that area, or you can find shrines if you've gotten a light root. So if you've gotten every single light root in the depths, then you'll know the locations of all the 152 shrines, which is really cool, really cool. <laughs> Travel medallions and hot springs. If you have finished camera work in the depths, and talk to Robbie, there's some things, and you can get a travel medallion, which essentially, you place anywhere and then you can travel there. What I like to do is I'll place one where I am in the depths, and I have one at a hot spring in the Goron region, and I use it to go up and it, going on the surface heals the broken hearts, but in the hot spring, it also heals the hearts in general. So like, if you have only one heart out of the five filled, standing in the hot spring will just fill it all up, but you do need some flame resistant clothes for this. So be careful because you don't want to lose hearts while trying to gain hearts. <laughs> Importance of pins and stamps underground. Oh my God, you want a pin where there's monsters. You want a pin where you see a light root. You want a pin, a cooking pot. You want a pin, Yiga or a mine or something like that. You can transform some of them into stamps. So they just stay there even if you go to the place, but 100% use these features on your map. They will help you so much. And then to go in, you wanna to go to a chasm with a shrine nearby for as many as possible. This is most of them. It's not like all of them. So, you know, keep that in mind. And you wanna activate the light route that's nearby as soon as you get down there so you can see better for exploring. Yiga are really annoying because as soon as you get near a mine or a Yiga hideout, there'll be these people called travelers that they give you helpful information, but then you have to fight the Yiga because they're like, too bad you won't get to use this information because I will end your life. Don don don. <laughs> and then finding mines, which you need to do the Master Koga quest, you follow s lines of statues that point to one another and they lead you to a mine. This is really useful because just accidentally wandering into the mine can happen, but it's like, it's unlikely and it's a lot easier if you have something leading you there. And then Zonite, every monster drops Zonites when you kill them, which is good because you can use those to transform into crystallized charges. You can use them for auto build if you don't have the parts. It's just Zonite is amazing. You always wanna have some Zonite. The bosses from temples appear in certain spots in the depths. So if you stumble upon one, you can easily just leave. But if you wanna fight them, you get 100 crystallized charges, which is nice because then you get another energy cell. There their battlefield shows up as a giant brown mark on your map, so you can tell where they are sometimes. 
And then Farage, Dinral, and Nydra, the dragons of the different elements, go into the depths as part of their route. So if you see one, you can easily use them to like ride to a new place and you get some of their stuff. And lastly, Gloomspawn. Gloomspawn or Gloom Hands are so annoying. If the air starts turning like purpley in the video game and there's the dramatic music of a monster, then either teleport away or climb up a wall because they cannot climb. So if you do not have a short wall nearby, leave. The only way to defeat them without losing a whole bunch of hearts is to climb up and then shoot them with bomb flowers. And it's the safest way. I mean, you could go down, but you have to kill all the hands at once. So it's a lot easier with bomb flowers. And then once you defeat them, Phantom Ganon always appears and you have to fight him to get the cool drops. Where there are a whole bunch of cool item drops, but fighting these is not for the faint of heart. I've only fought like four of them. It's gotten easier as I've gotten more hearts, but it's still not good. So if you are a beginner and you do not have very many hearts, just teleport away. Running isn't fast enough. They do move faster than you. So climb up, teleport, do anything you can and stamp the place where you ran into them. You do not want to stumble upon them accidentally ever again. So if you stamp the place where they are because they only are in one place, then you know for future reference, which is extremely helpful and they can sneak up on you the music and the screen, as I said, appears before they snatch you and break your hearts and do all of that. Extremely annoying. If you do not have very many hearts, one grasp, like before you can fight out of it, will kill you. Like it killed me. To sum it all up, the newspaper quests, a little sum up of those. They're a really creative and funny and may seem stupid, but are worth it because of the money and the froggy armor. Like they were my main source of money for buying things I needed like food, supplies, all of that. The depths are dangerous between things like activating light routes, building machines and using bright bloom scenes make it a lot easier. And hyperfixations go up and down, like your levels of interest and sometimes you fade out of one and go into another, but it's equipped me with all this knowledge that I had to have two episodes to talk about all of it so it was really fun and I'm so glad I got to talk about all this and next episode we talk about the benefits to human health that having a dog around provides you it'll be interesting and if there's anyone who wants a dog but isn't sure about it or wants to convince their parents me I want to convince my parents but they don't want it <laughs> or if you love dogs even if you don't have one or already have one or just like science you will enjoy the next episode there'll be a whole bunch of information and I did a 10 page paper on this so I definitely know a lot about it I don't know everything but I know a lot so I hope to see you there and yeah this is episode two part two <laughs> the episode, learned something new, and had fun. This is Hyperfixation Nation, hosted by Blake. Goodbye, y'all!